Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Cornundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. I am your other host, Gary M. Thorne Jr. Ooh, there we go again. Uh, yeah, I just, I like it. Yes. It does have a nice <laughs> ring to it. And having listened to it yet again and during edits, and because I do listen to our podcast on uh, iTunes, I get four, I got it four times now. And I got to tell you, digging it. All right, good. Yeah, it's not that you needed my opinion on it, but I'm just, I'm sharing that. I always need your opinion, Holly. Okay. Whether I listen to it or not is another story. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you want to write a story about it, I will not stop you. But I would like to have some editing rights if you're going to do it. Well, you know, not yet, but we'll see how it all goes. So. All right, fine. All right, I'll I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. So what's up? What's new with you? Well, because I have um, a lot of questions for you, so I okay. I didn't want you can to ask questions about it. Okay, so I all right. I'm I going have... to do it. I'm going to do it because I've been fighting and waiting for us to meet again to have this question okay. at, asked and answered. All right. Well, can I start by saying what I'm doing, and then you can start asking questions, or do you just want to go right? Into the I questions? just want to go right. Into, yeah. Then you can. How all about right. that? I mean, it's all questions. about me. It's all about me. How it usually you, is? How are you doing? Like emotionally, you're going through a lot of stuff. We talked about it in our last episode. You're going to the doctors and you're going through, you had uh, some classes with, um, I, 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 did, I, tell me what's up. You had, you said you went into like a counseling thing or a meeting or, or something last week and to talk about kind of like what to eat, what not to eat. Prepping okay, for so the, yeah. Prepping for the <laughs> surgery. I know, I know, I know. I was trying to find my words. I was, I was trying to yeah. find the right words for it. Uh, but I, I, I realized that I neglected as a friend to follow up and see, you know, how are you doing? Well, and you tried, but I said, we'll just talk about the, on the, on the episode. That's true. So I do that. have, I do have that in writing. <laughs> I want you guys to know I do have that in writing. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so everything's going really well. Uh, I did have a class where I had to go through and they told me what, first of all, what I can be, well, you already know what I've been eating that it's just, it's uh, basically a breakfast drink in the morning, a shake and a veggie or a fruit at lunch. And at night I can have four ounces of protein and two cups of veggies. And then there's a yogurt in there if I wanted. And there's also a protein drink at night if I wanted. I don't care what you said. I about starved to death. It was, I thought it was going to happen, but I'm feeling better now. See, um, body adapts as an official. Oh, shut machine. the fuck up. You it, know, but I'm it not, is. It's so amazing up. what our bodies can do. Right. <laughs> and so, um, and so I did have, uh, I've had so many points with this shit recently. I went in Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday I went into the, mm-hmm. I literally got a class on how to eat. What's the okay. big thing about it? I literally learned, I got to eat stuff and how much it had to, because then you have to literally, what you've been eating, you have to be able to suck through a straw. 
Right. So I was like doing that and um, actually found out I've been, since I've been trying to practice even slower, I've been doing better with that anyway. I hadn't realized, but I was actually doing better with that. So nice. Um, Good job. Um, I found out I have to go in for another COVID test just because they need me to do that before I go into surgery. Yes. Uh, so I do that. I'm going in on Monday for my pre-op appointment. So that's tomorrow, right. even though you listeners already be done by the time you, yeah, you get we drop, this. We but, dropped this episode Friday. We record it on a, and so Monday I'm or Monday doing, or whenever we feel like it. <laughs> so on Monday, I get to go in and do a, I, I do a COVID test and then I go to get an EKG. Okay. Before my pre-op appointment, then I go into my pre-op appointment and they they go over all the stuff that I have to do, make sure they understand everything I've got to go through. The one thing that didn't occur to me, and now it's like, oh my fucking God, is <laughs> I, I don't, shots don't really bother me. That's not it, but they want to put, they're going to be putting a shot with me still awake in my stomach oh. as part of the, and I'm going, that just sounds like it's going to fucking hurt. So that was, <laughs> I got yeah, that going I, on, It so. depends. I know some people who say they didn't feel it and some people who say they have feel it. I think it just depends on the gauge where they're at, what, you know, your tolerance So is. that's, that was the big thing. I've got to, again, the, the, so the 24 hours before the surgery, I have to do a, a clear liquid diet. Mm-hmm. And then two hours before surgery, I am supposed to drink Gatorade, a regular Gatorade with sugar in it, plus some apple juice because they want me then to be hydrated. I'm literally supposed to be drinking fluids until two hours before surgery. They, they actually, really? they've got rid of that whole thing about. Yeah. I know, would think about the risk of aspirating would be. No, and that's not really, a, that doesn't affect things anymore. And so this oh my way, gosh, the advancement of medical technology. And so what it does is because before going in, you end up being hydrated dehydrated yeah and it's it's harder to get a vein for when they put the iv and stuff like that so this that is, is that is yeah. also very true yeah so uh doing that i have been drinking a lot of water or crystal light recently and it i i've become a new peeing machine where i pee all the time <laughs> now so more you know it's just i i'll be sleeping at night and I wake up going, oh, my God, not again. <laughs> that's been the worst part. And so. For clarification, did you pee the bed? Not yet. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it, it, happens. it could happen. It yeah. could happen. <laughs> I know people who will exercise so hard and they will crash and just they'll be completely passed out and they will wake up having wet the bed. Because they just, they ran marathon or they skied all day or whatever. And they just shut down and they don't wake up. And that there was, and I can't remember who, and it was some actor I heard in an interview. They decided they had to go into AA or actually go into rehab because they couldn't, they woke up, they were with somebody and they woke up and there was a wet spot in the middle of the bed from them peeing. And they had no idea who peed the bed. So so they decided it was maybe time that they actually, you know, went into rehab. Get some help. At that point, yes. Agreed. So I have to, let's see, I just got myself a food scale because they want me to make sure everything is exact. So it is literally when they say two cups of veggies, it's two cups of veggies. Right. And then they wanted four ounces of meat, lean meat. So I've been doing that. I have found there's a lot more proteins out there that I have the the drink things that I would not have guessed. And I found some I really like and 
Mm-hmm. Others I will never touch again. Have I, you tried Vega protein? V-E-G-A? That's not where they have in this area. I live in an uh, area that has very, nothing. very small okay. shopping area. I'm okay. just letting you know that I, because I've seen it on Amazon, but I'm it's trying. It's so good. It's a great But vegan. I'm trying not to use Amazon right now because I'm pissed at their, their how they treat their employees. That's right. so. yeah, almost completely reasonable. No, so I'm trying not to. I, but mm-hmm. I, I want I. They need to be unionized, and so I, I, I really been trying to get away from Amazon. And then the day before surgery, I need to take a, a shower with antibacterial soap. Mm. Yeah, and I space I pay special attention to my belly button. Um, so you know when. And then the next morning, I have to do another shower where I shower everywhere with antibacterial soap and another special attention to my belly button. And then I go, uh, where I need to find out for sure when the surgery is because either I'll be doing, we'll either have to spend the night in a motel in uh, Grand Junction, or if it's late enough in the day, we'll leave from Gunnison and head towards Grand Junction. Because Grand Junction is about a two and a half hour drive away from here. So, yeah. But that's the closest place because I live in this little town. As you know, <laughs> there's <laughs> that's the closest place to do this in. So, um, those are the big, those are the big things that are going on with that. And I'm not nervous. I'm just excited about it at this sure. point. Um, maybe after the pre-op form tomorrow, I'll feel differently. But right now, I'm really I'm excited about it. Well, it sounds like you're doing all the right things and you got a good support structure around you too. So that's good. And yeah, it's, and, oh, that's one of the things on my list. There's a whole bunch of list of things that I, I need to get. And like, I need to get. You need a backup it, team. I'm here. I got you. No, I'm not, I got it covered. I don't want you fucking near me for about three months until I'm all done because I'm afraid you'll go. No, I don't want you near me until no. Cause no, just stay the fuck there and you're fine. I love you. Stay away. I from have me. mixed feelings about that. Whole, <laughs> that whole 20 seconds. Uh, but I do need to go get some, I, I need to get some kind of, and I can't remember what it's called, but there's a, I need to get something to make sure I have a really good bowel movement before going into surgery. It's called shitty. And then, yeah, well, That's and there's, I called. can't remember what kind they want me to, there's a, a laxative of some kind they want me to get. And I then I need to get some anti-nausea medication that I put on. It's a patch I put on my ear the day of surgery. And then I've had to start doing making sure I'm sipping water every 15 minutes to get used to that. Cause I'll have to start doing that. And I think that covers all of that stuff. Yeah. I think that's, you know, where that's at. Other than that, I've been very, very busy with work always. It's always work. And so do you have any other questions I haven't answered? Cause I know I'm not good at sharing very well. So. No, I think you answered the questions uh, mm-hmm. that I had. I, I really just, I wanted to make sure that you had a good emotional support network. I know that you have right. your doctors that are there and you, you have your husband and you have um, a lot of things that you're working on and through with the oh, team. And but I wanted to make sure that you're doing okay emotionally because it's yeah. a lot. And Dean is my support human. I literally have to bring a support human with me. It's listed on my thing as support I know. Human. That's why I said me. Bring me. I will be your support no. human. But you said no, no. fucking way. <laughs> Stay away from me. And then you started to say why, but then you diverted that and just said no for three months. And I was like, okay, I won't, I won't dive into the why, because if you weren't going to share it right here and now for all of our listeners, that's fine. I'll just, I'll, I am fine. Oh, no, it's because I want somebody who would baby me a little bit more and you wouldn't. It's very fucking simple. Oh, you have I want n- Dean. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> you have never seen me as a care caregiver. 
Let me tell okay. you a story. Let me put it this way. If you were going through a major surgery, like you, it sounds like you got some back issues, would you rather have me taking care of you or would you rather have Desiree taking care of you? Oh, I mean, if that was a choice, hands down, my wife. So then it's all taken care of. I'm just saying, hands down, for sure. But if that <laughs> wasn't the option and I had to choose and I didn't have a loving, beautiful wife to choose, I would say, mm, my mom. <laughs> like, come on. If I had to choose outside of Dean, I'd want Desiree, but you're like, <laughs> right? I mean, who doesn't? It's just amazing. Actually, if I had to choose outside of our, it would be probably Jerry. Oh, yeah, Jerry would be a great yeah. caregiver. Yeah, Jerry's, sure. you know, she's just very mother like. So, yeah. So. I, um, I went out one, this is years ago. We went out, uh, there's a group of us gals that ran together and just got shit face drunk. Wow. So last week, yeah, pretty much last week. Uh, yeah, um, I was gonna say. And I mean, she's shocked to find you. Guys and they were bit. They were best friends. These these two gals that I ran with, they were best friends. And I mean, they did all kinds of stupid shit before I even showed up and made it better. They so we get shit faced. We go back to our friend's house. We had, we had a DD pick us up and drop us off. And one of our two friends, uh, well, not me, obviously just passed out in the bathroom at the base of the toilet, had just puked all over themselves, missed the toilet, got it everywhere. And I'm like, okay, all right. So I need you to go get towels, get me a clean pair of PJs. I'm going to put this, this hot mess right here in the shower and sure. I had them stripped down, showered and ready to dress in less than five minutes. The only thing I had left to do was clean up a little bit around the toilet, but had him completely dressed. And the friend that was like the other friend who wasn't sick was just like, what? She did this to herself. Like she over drank. Like she should wake up with this mess and learn from it. It's like, I get that, that tough love mentality. I get it. But at the same time, this is a human being who may have made a shitty choice that we were part of. And it's not okay to leave your friend like that or anyone like that. And, but yeah, in and out dressed. And they were just like, she came in. She's like, I cannot believe you have this passed out human being fully dressed in less than five minutes. It's like, have a special needs sister who is disabled and a full grown body of a 40 year old woman fighting you every step of the way. You get really good at stripping a human being down and dressing them and getting them ready. It's like wrangling a calf trying to run away from you and you're sitting there in the rodeo trying to get them. It's like two wraps on hooey, two wraps on hooey. I got it, I got it, I got it. No, you don't. Freaking calves. So... Back years ago, um, I was visiting uh, my friend Bruce at college. He, uh, we went out and got some tequila. Oh, great choice right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would say I never get drunk. I mean, I, I, I can hold does different gr- things for d- two different people. Some will strip their clothes off and dance on the table and others. So I rem- the last thing I remember <laughs> is Every proposing to, I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, proposing to some girl who I have no clue. Oh. Yeah, I just remember going, God, oh, you're beautiful. Will you marry me? My next memory is an RA kicking me on my side, asking where I belong. Oh my God. And where did I th- where else did I throw up? Like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I guess there's throw up all down, you know. Uh, and I finally figure out where I am. I go, Bruce. Bruce is my friend. And they went and got Bruce. <laughs> and this poor guy. Basically, at that point, I, I just I decided to walk back, you know, and to back where I was staying. And and um, I guess poor Bruce, he was left to 
to clean up the the puke that they found that was mine and he was one of my still best friends (laughs) that's great that is great to have one yeah Uh, so that's you know i always i love you bruce you never listen to this but he might love you bruce love you bruce (laughs) yes thank you for taking care of him back then okay so one last story and then we'll get into our conundrum for today my one of my best friends, Corey, was having her twenty first birthday, and my brother, who is a fabulous human being, thought that. Uh, so so back up. We did we travel from one side of the state to go to Seattle that has actually has clubs. So we went from like Pondock, USA, to like a city because we wanted to have like this big party scene, which we could have gotten that on where we were at, but that's okay. Anyway, so we get to Seattle. My brother shows up, and he's like, "Oh no." We're going out. I know all the bars we are going to go to. At the time, he was not out, but he took us to all the gay bars, male gay bars. And at that point, he still didn't come out to me. It was like, okay, whatever. By the end of the night, we ended up picking up a couple, two military guys. We went back to the hotel, a whole bunch of shenanigans. Not going to go into that right now. But my brother drank tequila, these pink fuzzy tequila drinks that this guy wearing these cute little underwear kept giving him. And my brother was gone, puked all over himself, destroyed the bathroom. And one of these military guys that had joined us went into the bathroom and completely cleaned the entire mess up, showered my brother, redressed him, carried him, put him back into the bed and tucked him in and just, and while the rest of us all passed out around the hotel room and he just stayed up and just made sure everybody was cool. I can't, I don't know his name. I don't know who he is, but I really, really appreciate everything he did. Go into pause. All right. So I could go on forever with that story. It was a great epic story. Well, you usually do. Well, (laughs) in that case, you know what? Scratch the whole story for today. (laughs) It took us six hours to write that story of that one evening down. And our friend still has that book. So I could, I could take up this whole hour and do that, but I won't because we're going to jump into an icon right now. Billy Jean King. Super jacked to have this conversation. I will just, I'm just going to go ahead and just take us right into it. And then our, our Gary over here will jump in just a moment. Uh, for those of you who do not know, Billie Jean King, originally born Billie Jean Muffet, and I may have said that wrong, and I'm really sorry if I did. Billie Jean, we love you. Professional tennis player. We'll get into the stats of her record, but uh, she was married to Larry King. No, the other Larry King. She was, he was a, a lawyer, a real estate promoter, bridge player, all, all these things. They were married for a number of years. Um, I do believe 10. 65 to 87. So oh, no. a, little, a little over 10 years. But yeah. in there, they're toward in the 80s, which we'll get into a little bit more here. Uh, she was so outed. 22 years. Yeah, yeah, she was outed. And eventually that marriage came to an end. They are still really good friends. Because I believe he's passed. And yeah, it just this. So the reason we're having this conversation, Billie Jean King has a memoir coming out, a memoir coming out this summer. And she describes it as her authentic self. 
Now she does have another book that she has written, but it was it, there was a lot of other factors that were at play in that, and she never really got to fully uh, really dive into like her authentic self. So this this memoir is coming out. It's called All In, and it's coming out this August. She uh, not she has a movie, but there is a movie already out. And that came out a few years ago. And I, I really do encourage you guys to check it out. The Battle of the Sexes. That is something that we'll also get into in this in this discussion as we're getting into it. The Battle of the Sexes is where she goes up against Bobby Riggs, in, who is a, a professional tennis player at the time as, as well. I actually had retired out. And he was a he played off this whole character of being this male chauvinistic pig, which I beg to differ if he actually was. But he basically starts pressuring Billie Jean to join him in this competition saying that I can beat any woman and women belong barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen and bringing us our, our pipes and our slippers and all this shit, like really starts putting the, sh like laying it off thick in the public arena. And Riggs does go in uh, up against um, a professional tennis player beats her. Carol beats her in a match on women on, on mother's day. And then, as a result of that and all of the shit he was pouring out in the media, Billie Jean takes him up on the offer and then kicks his ass. It's awesome. Anyway, I've jumped all over the place. I'm going to back up here for a minute. Give Gary a, a second. Gary, no, you're good. Yeah? Yeah? All right. Yeah. I would honestly say the, the, the big thing to remember is that in 1966, which was... 54 years ago, because I'm 54 and was born in 66. Right. She was ranked number one in, number in women's world tennis. So that's amazing. Keeping in mind that for this entire time, most of the women, they had to like sleep two to a room when they're going to mm -hmm. these different tournaments. They had no money. They're they um, they were just... They're oh, like completely. 16. And she was huge into yeah. women's rights. So... This is before she came out and her husband was very supportive. And like you said, remained yes. supportive until I, I do believe he passed away. I, I, I did back, not look yeah. that part of it, but, it, yeah. um, but very, very supportive of her. Uh, she held, um, so in 1966, she was uh, ranked number one. She held the number one ranking for five additional years, 67 to 68, 71 to 72 and 74. She won a record 20 Wimbledon titles, 13 United States titles, including four singles, four French titles in singles, two Australian titles for a total of 39 Grand Slam titles. In 1972, she won the U.S. Open, French Open, and Wimbledon to claim three Grand Slam titles in one year. Yeah, it, it, this, this is, is a phenomenal record. And keep in mind during this time period where she was she was I uh, had a higher recognizable face than her male counterparts. She was still being paid a quarter at the most, a quarter of what all the, the men were making. She went on the episode of the odd couple. She, and she played herself on that. She was, she was uh, ranked in 1975. She was the, I can't remember the other guy's name. But were were the the time people of sports people of the year? Oh, mm -hmm. um, I can't remember his name right now because I've so, I know. I'm more focused on on her kicking ass. 
the the you know and that's just it and i'm gonna guess if it would have been the other way around it wouldn't have been co you know it would have just if if billy had been a male yeah. she just would have been there alone right the battle of the sexes viewership the tennis match she right? did had 90 million 90 viewers million keep in it, mind now mm-hmm. uh ncis which is one of the top shows that's on the air right now does when they're lucky they do 15 million viewers yeah this was this so bobby riggs really he was a con man but he was also an entrepreneur and he really played out his persona of the chauvinistic pig which his son does his son has said he really wasn't he did it for the media attention uh, he he was he was somebody who would who would set up people to take up a bid. Like he'd say, uh, "Hey, can you bounce a basketball up these steps and back down again?" And people were like, "Oh no, no one could do that." He's like, "I bet I bet you a thousand dollars I could do it blindfolded." And people would people would do it. Meanwhile, he has spent hours and hours practicing doing this. So he would con people into these bids, you know, these bets, and do that. And so. This was just a, a, a grand stage. He loved, craved that attention. And he really, I don't think he did it to bring about women's issues. I think he, I think he really just was doing it for show. And it worked out in favor of women. Women really got a lot more recognition on a large platform. You had 90 million people show up. Not only was it, it wasn't close, like her kicking his ass. It was nowhere near close. It was six, two, six, three, six, three kicked and that, his ass. And the thing about, I, I will know, cause I actually, and I was young when I saw it, but I actually saw it. Um, really? You're yeah. that old. Oh, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. No, I no. And so watching it, it was funny because, uh, my grandmother on my father's side of the family watched it with my mom. And there's a bunch of people all of us watching it. Almost everybody there wanted, including all the women, wanted uh, Bobby Riggs to win. Well, yeah. Phenomenal athletes. And, and I yeah. do want to, I do want to retcon what we've said. Larry King, the tennis player is still alive and is married to Nancy King. So did you hear what I said? I wanted to, I, they said they wanted Bobby Riggs to win. These are females who all wanted Bobby Riggs to win. Not oh, no, Billie I did Jean not King. hear you. Sorry. Yeah. I thought, yeah. wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I, thought no. I, was, going, I, I was picking up what you were putting down because I was so yeah. focused on correcting my, my previous statement. And I apologize yeah. to those who are listening. Yeah, uh, so yeah. No, it was, I mean, they wanted, so, yeah, Bobby, they wanted Bobby to win. Right. And well, and they wanted Bobby to win, and they it was so funny because it, the spin on it became, well, he was so much older than her. And the thing about it is, is he kept goading her and goading her and goading her. Oh, fine. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other, uh, I can't remember her name. Carol. The woman who first had lost to him. Mm-hmm. Part of the issue was that she was trying to be too ladylike. She wouldn't play up to his level because she was trying to be a lady about the whole thing. So where Billie Jean King goes, fuck that noise. I'm going to beat his ass and did. So it's something that she really just in that little bit of time there, just that alone, she really propelled not just women's tennis, but tennis into 
a big national sport. It became like one of the number one sporting things to watch because of Billie Jean King. She right. made it where people started. I remember getting up early in the morning to be able to watch Wimbledon live. It was something that my mom loved to watch. And so it made me watch it too. But people, she's the one who really made it a national thing where people, I mean, at that time period, and even then later when I was like in fifth grade, because this happened when I was, I want to say I was in first grade. When I was in fifth grade, everybody brought their tennis rackets to school with them to play tennis or to hit the really? your, your tennis ball against the, the side of the building because this was the thing to do. Everybody loved doing it. And this all started because of her and wow. then made household names out of everybody else. But it was her who from being doing Battle of the Sexes to being on on time to being in the series The Odd Couple. Uh, she was on some game shows. She did all this to get to raise recognition of tennis players in general, yeah. but in particular of women tennis players so they could start making more. Exactly. And it really, it hasn't been until recently that... It's, it's becoming much more equal because we finally have like the, the Venus women, and Serena. The women's soccer team has, has done a lot of movement on that as well because there's been unequal pay. Um, well, yeah, they're going to boycott unless they get more money. I mean, it's yeah. just really simple. So, right. And again, it's the whole, it's um, going with all that, that when you look at the numbers for women's soccer, they have higher viewerships than the men's soccer do. They've won more titles than than the men's soccer. So it's right? ridiculous that the men still make more. Um, and that's, and until recently, like I said, with Serena and Venus, they really, women's tennis has always been not second rate, but kind of close. Um, really? I mean, they, the standards of men's tennis versus women's tennis in terms of like their behavior, like you brought up Serena, so we'll go with that. So Serena has been given a lot of shit for her behavior on the court when she loses or she wins or whatever, you know, throwing her racket or cheering or arguing with the line coach. When men have done that, they are not treated the same. There's like, oh yeah, that's just his style. Yeah, him smashing his racket. That is that's his thing and completely well, cool. But when she does it, when she did it, she was fine. She was threatened to have her her stuff taken from her, her her awards, and it's just it's there's no. Well, there, and the, keep the, in mind, mm-hmm. Billie Jean King did all this fifty years ago. Fifty years ago, she got she, so much she did shit that. She, wearing she shorts. Argued, she <laughs> argued points. She argued. She argued points. I remember watching her. You know, she she would question line judges. This uh-huh. is stuff she did. Yep. Not near to the degree that Serena's doing it, but because of Billie Jean, Serena's mm-hmm. able to do that. And yeah, and it was at the time people were offended, mm-hmm. you know, and you'd, and you'd hear her, oh yeah, how dare this woman, you know, she wasn't, and she wasn't late, you know, that quote unquote ladylike. She no. had, you know, she went out there and she did what she wanted. And one of the things that bothers me so much is that, she is a really she's recognized for her, her uh for her tennis player abilities. She's amazing at that. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about the stuff that hit hard when she was outed 
Oh my God. It was, I mean, that was national news. I mean, I'm sure it was international news. I remember reading it in the local paper Mm -hmm. at the time that this woman did this to her, which I'm sorry, that woman was a complete terrible person. What a dick. What a dick move all around. First of all, you don't out anybody. That's just, that is not your place. That is not your role. And it just, not only did she out her, but then had the audacity to sue the Kings. And I, she's not even worth mentioning her name. It was just straight no. bullshit. And we're not going to mention her name because it's not worth it. It's not worth what, it. What I love is to, sh- I mean, it was terrible, terrible time she went through. Her husband stuck by her through all this. Mm-hmm. There's a, and I, I love this. This to me was my moment when I knew that she would become one of my heroes. Mm-hmm. She, there is this picture of her that went like all over. She was in the middle of a match when all this shit was going on. And somebody, and I can't remember what derogatory thing he yelled at her. I can't remember. But she turned around and flipped him off. <laughs> I loved that. You know, that, you know, it said, no, she's not this nice little pretty thing you can do shit to. She is, you know, she will fight back. She'll fight back. Um, She's always been that way. If you look at her history, she was, she played center. She played shortstop in baseball. She played, what was it? A running back or, or, or something like that in football. And. Oh, I didn't hear about the football. I knew she was in baseball. Yeah. she... She did volleyball and. Her, 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 I know her dad was saying it to be ladylike. Maybe tennis is better, but uh, her mom also was very, very proactive in that as well. Very homophobic family life, and oh yeah, it was it was deemed not ladylike, and so they they encouraged and kind of pushed her into tennis. And well, I was not saying it's homophobic. It was just more the fact that time women didn't do basketball. They didn't, you know. If no, her parents a, were legitimately homophobic. She tried on a couple of oh, things. I'm, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying oh. that the time frame you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Women yeah, yeah. just didn't do these sports, you know, and they realized, oh, my God, she's, you know, she's very athletic. Let's get her to something that's kind of ladylike. Yeah, you know, that's and it, all was, I'm it saying. was fullback in football. Sorry, yeah. her position in football, uh, fullback. And, yeah, it was her mom primarily. Her dad, yes, but I think it was her mom primarily. And my personal thought on this, and she kind of says this herself in numerous interviews, and you'll see it played out in Battle of the Sexes, the movie, and her autobiography, but she couldn't live her full authentic self. And there was, and seeing the struggle that women were going through, not having equal rights or equal pay, and everything is, you know, all white, like everybody wore white in the sport of tennis. And she thought, you know, this, there's, there's a lot of inequality here. So at a very young age, she was fighting for equality for not only people of color, uh, but primarily people of color, but women as well. And then later in her life, after she was outed, she was fighting for the rights of those of the LGBT community. Um, oh, she's always, always been a fighter. I mean, always been, a, always been a fighter, but she, she poured everything into the sport of tennis because she couldn't do anything else. There was just, she couldn't live her full her Well, self. Yeah, could you imagine? Okay, so in this time frame, just a, a normal person who is queer, mm-hmm. having to hide behind that 
-hmm. you know, and then put this person who's literally one of the number one stars at the time. Yeah. And she knew that if she continued that stardom, she could do a lot more for women. And so she really did. She focused her energies on on women's rights. Um, Mm -hmm. It shows here that um, I wanted to read from her from her web page. Do just a little bit here. It goes off the court. Billie Jean campaigned for equal prize money in the men's and women's games. Mm-hmm. In 1970, she joined the Virginia Slims Tour for Women, and in 1971, King became the first woman athlete to earn over $100,000 prize money. Yet, when she won the U.S. Open in 1972, she received $15,000 less than the men's champion Ely Nastasi, who, um, if you don't know who that is. He yeah. was the biggest person to argue ever. He would argue everything, yeah. and he was yeah. oh, he was he was he was called he was he was tennis's bad boy before yeah. that went to John. Serena Matt Williams has been compared to him in terms yeah. of, of some of the behavior that Serena has exhibited on the court. It's like it was tolerated by him, but God forbid she do it. It made him more popular. Uh-huh. And then I want in 1973, at the height of her competitive years, Billie Jean leveraged her position to spearhead the formation of the Women's Tennis Association and became its first president. She lobbied for equal prize money for men and uh-huh. women at the U.S. Open, and a sponsor was found to love the playing field. Um, so the U.S. Open became the first major tournament to offer equal prize money to both sexes. And this is all because of her. Yes. And, and- doing this while she's in a marriage that she at this point realizes where I'm assuming isn't right in that she is queer. She's doing all this and still having to hide who she really is. I mean, my God, what an amazing, what an amazing person. Right. Right? It's just, and, and then to have her entire career. So she gets, she gets outed. By this woman who we're not going to mention. She's outed publicly. They're, it's dragged through the courts. The courts say, you have nothing here. In fact, yeah. it looks like you're extorting. So you can continue this or, you know, basically give them an ultimatum and, and drop the case. So this whole thing happened. And and Billy tells her publicists and, and her team is like, hey, uh, put together a press. Uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to address the, the press and has a press yep. conference and, and, and admits to this, this affair says, yep, I had this fling, this thing happened out, just out goes on with it. Cause she, she's already fucking out. And she's going to go with it. Right. She's a bullheaded woman. And overnight in less than 24 hours, she lost all of her money. She lost all of her sponsorships everything in in 24 hours and that's the fear that a lot of people in the queer community and even now still have yeah maybe less so but still even now i don't i right i i I agree i i'm hopeful and i like to live in the ideology that we're not backward thinking ignorant fuckers but you know here we are welcome to the 20th century anyway well and it's and yes it has i shouldn't it has gotten a little better, but there's still there's so much the fact that when done. and to be there when it all happened, she was literally the flavor of the month. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved her. Everyone was talking about her. And then all of a sudden, 
nobody was talking about her. I mean, it was literally that quick. She finally, and I remember all this. She, she came out that she was a lesbian. Her husband was with her when she said all this. Mm-hmm. Her husband was right there supporting her completely. Mm-hmm. And then immediately she lost everything. everything. I, it was just, and you didn't hear about her anymore. You just didn't. She tried, kept trying to make, she made comebacks and she still won titles, but mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't the it same. It wasn't the same. And it's something that, that shows even, you know, that I, could you imagine right now, it'd be the same level as I'm not enough into sports. Give me somebody sport, big sports person right now, Holly. Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's a big sports person right now? Um, okay. Uh, so all I can think of, right. I go to Michael Jordan, which is a little old. But if Michael Jordan came out as gay, that's the level she was at. I actually Michael Jordan is a pretty good comparison of so, stardom. I mean, he's yeah. he's an entrepreneur. He 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 has his fights that he fights for, for in terms of equality. A athletic, he had he has a shoe line. He has an athletic line. He has sponsorships. He has all, yeah. That, that would be a real. That's a really good. If he came out as gay, yeah, what would happen? You know, it's that same kind of thing that she was that level. She was superstardom. Then to have, if Michael Jordan came out as gay, it would probably be better because nowadays it's different. I would even would go so far to say like Russell Wil- Wilson, uh, the Seahawks quarterback. Like he is fighting for equal rights. He, he oh yeah. He's he raises money to help kids, uh, especially kids who are sick. Uh, if he and he ha- he happens to have kids too, but if he were to come out gay, I mean, just I don't personally care. But that but that that feeling that response, I think he would lose a lot of his backing, uh, oh, yeah. a lot of his sponsorships. Might even be asked to leave the team. Who knows? And now, granted, it is it, a, a gay. There is a difference between what gay men and gay women go through. Uh, but all, but all in all, there is clear discrimination. I and I love the fact, and her name just went out of my head. The the soccer player, she's she's out and proud and married. What is her name, Holly? Don't anyway. remember. I don't follow soccer. I should because so, there's some really good. Just some really good matches that I've, I have caught. I'll think of it. We'll keep talking. It'll come here because she's amazing. <laughs> but uh, so it has gotten better with the, with those things. But she also, the thing that was nice is she was queer before she became a gnome. So that makes a difference. You know, it wasn't something that all of a yeah, sudden Megan she was prone. at the top of. Yeah, she wasn't at the top of her game and then came out. And even talking about that, we're dealing with the fact that you still have to come out. You know, and it and shouldn't so be, and it should but, never be that way. And and Megan Raprone has done a lot for soccer. Uh, her, Allie, and Ashlyn have done a lot. That was what I was talking about: women's rights or women's equal pay in terms of, of soccer. Uh, it was it was this particular conversation where they have said, you know, we're not going to play if you're not going to pay us pay us right. And they're like, okay, we'll find somebody else to play. Like just a lot of controversy around it. And I think they should get paid in equal, equal. I mean, you have an athletic individual who's participating in a sport, whether it's U S based international, whatever, 
it's still a sport that should be equally paid. And, and if the problem is that you don't want to pay women because it costs you too much, then you should pay the men less and make it equal. Well, I have to go back. I forgot one bit of trivia, which I think is really cool about right. uh, Billie Jean King. Billie Jean? Oh, I have some that, trivia too. Give me, yeah, go ahead. All right. That um, she was one of the background singers on Elton John's song, Philadelphia Freedom. Shut up. Uh, isn't that cool? Yeah. And, uh, she can't sing, but Elton John didn't care because he was, she was that amazing. So could you imagine these two, my, oh my gosh, gosh wonderfully and doing this at the time, neither of them were out. Believe it or not, there was a time period where people didn't know that Elton yeah. John was gay. But it's so, Believe it or uh, not. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but, when I was doing the research for this, I was there was a little bit of a uh, younger me that I was kind of seeing. It's like playing playing the the type of sports that she played and kind of her views on things were just more I don't know, not 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 necessarily lesbian known, but it when I told people, yeah, I played football with my friends, I played baseball with my friends, I played softball, they're like, let me guess, when you played softball, you, you weren't one of those girls that wore a bow in your hair. And I'm like, no, it didn't help me play my sports. Why would I wear a bow? And like, and you didn't know you were a lesbian? I'm like, no, I did. It's a stereotype, right? Like, if you don't look the certain way, it's a stereotype that you you get boxed into. And I, and I almost feel like maybe that was what was going on when she was, you know, young and she's playing all these sports and it's like well it's not ladylike obviously right because she get this from her parents and others um but she didn't wear the frou-frou and the bows and she was like i does it help me perform no not gonna do it like she wore shorts to play until they told her she could until she yeah they're like that's not ladylike you can't wear shorts and her mom made the shorts for her but they're like nope yeah it's not ladylike women wear these these skirts and it was just it's stupid. It didn't help her perform any better or worse. It, it, it was comfortable and it made sense. The guys are wear shorts. Why couldn't she? And I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm with you, but also I have also learned the appreciation and value of a good skirt, also known as a kilt. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I talked about the fact that she was in uh, The Odd Couple. Terrible, terrible job acting, but it was still fun just to see her in that. I love the fact that Bobby Riggs when he went up to the net to uh, congratulate yeah. her, he said, I underestimated, I underestimated you, you, which is wonderful. I will say that the movie, I watched the movie and it was an okay movie. It wasn't by any means. It, it was no, okay. I think, I think for a movie about an autobiography feel to it, about what's happened, it's not bad. I do like Steve Carell. I do like. Um, I like what he did, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't one of my favorites. That's so fair. I, yeah. I think people should watch it, but you know, teach their own. I think that um, it does help paint the light, the, you know, in the life of Billie Jean. I think it was a pretty good film. Um, I'm eager to see how her book does. I think that having the freedom to, to write more true to who she is, be more authentic. I think it'd be interesting to see how the autobiography plays out. I, but I do want to go in a little trivia just for our younger listeners to give you an idea of, of her her athletic ability as a tennis player compared to what maybe some of us know, like Serena Williams and Venus Williams, who are phenomenal t athletic tennis players. Billie Jean King, 12 Grand 
slams in the singles, 29 grand slams in the double or mix, 14 of them were the Wimbledon. She has a basically a career in just grand slams. She has a career in the single titles, 129. There 80 of those are in open era. And then she has an additional career grand slams as the single doubles and mix, which I've already said, right? She is the winner of the Battle of the Sexes, which we've already covered here. She had an audience of 90 million people viewing that, okay? She is the founder of the Women's Tennis Association, Women's Sports Foundation, World Team Tennis, and the World Team Tennis she founded with her husband, Lawrence King or Larry King. Now, Serena Williams also has 12 Grand Slam singles, only 16 Grand Slam doubles, so 13 less than Billie Jean, but she also has a career still ahead and Billie Jean's no longer playing. So fingers crossed for you, Serena, here for you, girl. Uh, she's also, Serena has also has a career as a Grand Slam. She has in her single titles, she has 36, whereas Billie Jean had 129. Serena has two Grand Slam titles, or sorry, she has a career in Grand Slam titles in the singles, doubles, and mix, which is a total to 28 compared to 40, 41. And she's a two-time Olympic gold medalist. I do not believe at the time that when Billie Jean was playing, it was an Olympic option for her. So we've seen some changes there. Also, the American uh, tennis community really wasn't as up and coming as it was, as it is now. So the U.S. Open is a lot bigger. And even Billie Jean has said, you know, if I was playing now, I would make that my goal is to, to hit the U.S. Open and, and, and crush that. So things have changed in the sport in general, as all sports um, change. Serena is a part owner of the Miami Dolphins and an owner of, I don't know, Andres, Andres, A-N-E-R-E-S, forgive me, don't know how to pronounce it. And she helped fund the construction of the Serena Williams Secondary School in Kenya, So very different backgrounds of these two women. Uh, As far as I know, Serena is not of the LBGT community, Uh, but just straight talking about what these athletic human beings are, just paint a picture of of what Billie Jean contributed as a tennis player. If you just look her up, it's just pages and pages of everything she did as a tennis player. And then there's more Pages and pages and pages of what she's done for women, for women's rights, for women in sports, equal pay, just and what she's doing for the LGBT community, what she's doing for just equal rights for all humans, regardless of their sexual orientation or, or gender identity. She's just a phenomenal icon. Uh, she's it's pushing a little bit more into the limelight. So I think we're going to start hearing more from her in the coming years. And I'm excited to see what she puts out there. She's, like you said, she's a go get them. She doesn't pull punches. And if you fuck with her, she's going to give you the middle finger. I think that's a good way to, a good way to say it. And the other thing we didn't talk about, we did talk about Bobby Riggs, but after the match, they actually became friends. And she, they talked all, literally a fair amount of time until his death. And yeah, I think the she even talked to him. Died, yep, day before he died. Yeah. Yeah. And said that, that she loved him. So, and they, they did really a lot of did. good together. Yeah, so it's something that it's. I like that part to be said too. That they had a great relationship. After they didn't know each other beforehand, but I like the fact that they they had that great relationship after the fact. And again, we've talked about she has moved on and has oh, is a wonderful loving relationship. And mm-hmm. she has um. I you said so many awards, which is wonderful. But did you mention the Presidential Medal of Freedom? 
Oh no, how did I forget? Yeah, so that's, I mean, so this woman who went from being almost didn't exist when she came out as a lesbian has in 2014 got the Presidential Medal of Freedom from Barack Obama. She has a number of institutions named after her, a cup that got renamed after her. She's, yeah, there's a lot of positive things I think are being done in this in uh, multiple arenas in in her honor and the work that she's putting out there and I know so it's, it's just some wonderful things but I think we both say that we're huge fans of her I literally grew up with her seeing what she was doing and I so enjoyed that and I can't I personally can't wait re- re- to read the book and I think we can always say that the queer conundrum on this one is how how do you go from being the, one of the number one players to not just not existing when you come out as 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 queer? It had nothing to do with her ability to play the nope. sport, and yet it, it it effectively ended her career. Yeah, it's and but she has persevered, which is wonderful. Which that's Absolutely. all any of us can hope for. Exactly, exactly. It gives me hope when I think about the things that I want to produce and create in this world, and how it could be changed in the snap of a finger because I don't know, white male privileged bullshit. And and I, I am hopeful. I do live with the hope that we will live in a world that is accepting, that is loving and that is supportive and is equal. I, I know that that's going to be hard because we had, we're human beings. We have different views of what that looks like and how we're going to achieve it. But I am hopeful that we'll one day achieve it, but that's for another day. We're going to roll right in to our Queer Corner. Welcome to our Queer Corner. <laughs> so our Queer Corner, uh, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Our Queer Corner, we take things from our social media. So you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Quernundrum Podcast. You can email us at quernundrum at quernundrum.com. And we take conversations from those arenas, or things that are just kind of going on in our lives that we really want to bring a little more voice to a, a small corner of our show. So Queer Corner is where that's at. I am going to uh, take a few questions. So I'm just going to roll with the questions a little bit here and kind of give my opinion on it, share some opinions that I, I gleaned through some research. So the first question is, is sexual orientation a choice? Now, the general consensus on this is no. No, it is not a choice. So there's the professional mental health organizations that include the American Psychology Association have issued statements numerously saying that sexual orientation is not a choice and it cannot be changed or cured. So those of you doing conversion therapy, fuck off. Don't do that. We, I mean, we've seen that, that that just does not. Conversion therapy is bullshit and you can't, you can't cure it. You know what I'm saying? It's just... That pisses me off and I can I could go on a whole another tangent on that, but I won't. But kind of following up on that question is why are people gay? So the lesbian, gay, kind of that synonymous terminology here when I when I kind of go into this questionnaire is what we think about sexual orientation, it whether somebody is born with it or if they've chosen to do it, my personal opinion on that is it does not make a difference. In my opinion, it just, it does not. People should be treated with respect and dignity regardless. Um, We've had numerous, numerous psychological and medical forums that have dived into this study and have not conclusively determined that individuals have 
develop a heterosexual or homosexual or bisexual gay lesbian orientation, whether it's genetic or hormonal, developmental, social, cultural, or cultural influence or other. It's just, I think we think about this too much. I also think it's important at the same time to understand where we come from and what those influential factors are. And and my opinion is, is even if it's 40 years or 400 years from now, if we say, yep, it's genetic, does it really matter? We wasted 400 years on that discussion. Like, just let people be people. Love who you love with consent and, and not get so hung up on, oh, wow, I can change my kid. You can't. And maybe your kid will change because they're a young human being going through their own identity, but that's their choice. Let them be them. But I'm not a parent and nor am I a psychologist or a doctor. So I won't get into it. Is the, the other question I'm going to answer here too is, is homosexuality a mental illness or an emotional problem? Now, again, same American Psychiatric Association in 1973 has actually pulled the word mental disorder out of that definition because it is not a mental disorder. It just bugs the shit out of me when people say, oh, it's a mental disorder and we can cure it. It's not. That's not to say that there aren't emotional and or mental issues for the individual. We're human beings. We're emotional creatures. Sure, there can be some emotional things that are going on there, but it is not something that just homosexuality is not a mental issue. It's has mental things that are involved in that because again, we're human and that needs to be addressed. And I, and I strongly encourage people to find a counselor that you feel comfortable with to address that. But I, I find that it's very important that you hear fellow queer humans using our various different platforms or voices to, to come out to you and say that it is not a mental illness. And if you are struggling with the mental illness, I do strongly encourage that you talk to a professional um, or someone who you're comfortable talking to about that. Know that you're loved. We love you. I know we may never meet and I apologize. I wish I could meet everybody and get to know everyone, but I want you to also understand that this is a place that is safe. We create this podcast to give you a voice. So if you have an opinion on what I said today, you want resources that you want to share with us that we can put on, on our platforms, please do. Uh, we follow a number of different organizations on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, so you can look at those individuals and make choices yourself if you want to see you know, what they're doing, what they're putting out there as positive content to help support our LBGTQ community. Uh, so those just those two topics that I really wanted to share with you guys. And I appreciate you listening to this Queer Corner. Gary, what's your Queer Corner? So in this last couple of weeks, I've been seeing a lot of um, on Twitter damning of the original show, Will and Grace. Okay. It shows that if you look now, yes, it is dated and there are some issues with it. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that, except for the fact that now these younger people, they have the wonderful thing of can looking at that and saying, it's not, it was a terrible show. It's stereotyped. It's stereotyped uh-huh. queer people. And it did. I'm not saying it didn't. All I can say is that for a younger person, it was just a breath of fresh air. Yes, it was. Knowing that, look, they're showing, they're showing mainly homosexual men, but they're showing these characters who, yes, they're not the most well-rounded characters ever. And they've got things that very much stereotypes about the gay community, 
But it was so nice to be able to watch these characters and know that at least Jack had a sex life. You know, mm-hmm. Will didn't really much, but... Well, that, and it was and then, a show that was really pushing boundaries at the time. Like, now we oh, have yeah. a lot more platforms. We have a lot more publication, um, directing companies. and We have a lot more money that is going into the industry to produce content in and around the LBGTQ community. And we did it then. Will and Grace was no. among a handful of shows and media in general that was producing something. Is it perfect? No. But that's what we're seeing right now is... Well, as we grow and change, we're looking back and seeing that, oh, that's not appropriate anymore. And it was also the very first show that featured a, a man, granted a straight man, playing a gay man, but that's featured a gay character in the title as one of the two main leads. Mm-hmm. And just for those reasons alone, you know, you guys give them a break. They, they were, like Holly was saying, they were groundbreaking in what they did. Mm-hmm. No, they did not talk about AIDS, and no, they did not talk about. You think the network would have let them? Oh, I know, and I, I don't get think that. I think that show would not have been nearly as successful in terms of the network. I don't think would have supported it. Well, so they had and I love of, the fact finally. that this show allowed people, like say, oh, use my example of my father, to watch that show and find it funny. But there were always little parts that made it look, it showed, it showed the queer community mm-hmm. as being human, that they had feelings and they could lead successful lives. You have to remember where this came from. People back then, you just, you did not, you, you they, they had, had a conversation and you on, you saw all the time special episodes of a show that had a, a, a gay character come on one time, then they were gone. Mm-hmm. Never heard again. Cameos. This show, yeah. Gay cameos. This show had all the time. It was, it had two gay men on it who were there every week mm-hmm. making fun of themselves, making, you know, making sex jokes, which was, you, you guys don't understand how at the time that was huge. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't see, you know, the gay men, like I said in the past, were either they were killers or they were saints. There wasn't a lot in between. Mm-hmm. And so showing these people that were well-dimensioned-ish, you know, uh-huh. showing what what they did. And remember, this show was a top 10 hit. Middle America saw this show. Mm-hmm. They It helped people to accept that queers existed. A lot mm-hmm. of people... I think it helped bridge a lot of gaps for some people yeah. that were kind of on that fence of like, no, it doesn't exist, but maybe it does, but I really don't care if it does. And, but then to see it portrayed in, in the way Will Grace did, it was like, yeah, okay. I could accept that. It's fine. Like, Well, that's just it. It did, it did give, and I will always, I get it. It was a very limited view, but it gave middle America the first shot of seeing homosexuals mm-hmm. on their screen weekly they became their friends right and this is something that we have to remember that led to queer as folk it led to the l word it Mm -hmm. led to uh, it paved the way for a lot and keep in mind this was network tv and most of the good 
queer stuff we see now is on streaming or on on HBO. You know, we mm-hmm. don't get to see still network. We don't see a lot of that. These are things that we have to remember that it was so huge at the time to see this these people just leading their lives. And yes, they didn't have a gay kiss until I think the third season. And it was a comical kiss. But it's something that people forget that this came out not too long. I mean, it was not too long after the AIDS crisis. The fact that people still at that point thought of AIDS as a gay disease. Mm -hmm. They had not gotten to the point yet where they realized it could hit anybody. This, all those things helped make where we are now so much easier. And it's easy to look back at something done a number of years ago and be like, oh my God, that was shit. It's like, yeah, because now you have different tools and technology. You have been exposed to more accepting content. Yeah, that show would not have been successful 40 years ago. It shouldn't have even been produced. The, the, The script would have been destroyed. Like it just never would have happened. And at some point you have to start somewhere. Was it perfect? No. No, it's not. Can we can we make but another show like Will and Grace Emmys. better, right? Yeah. Yes, I think we can. And I think we've seen numerous shows come forth as a result of pe- people paving the ground. And Ellen paved the ground. You have Will and Grace pave the ground. It's it, it just you have to start somewhere and if you wait for it to be perfect, it will never happen. And that's the great thing. Because of that, we've had amazing shows now. Like one of my favorite shows was Sense8. And I hated that it got canceled after two seasons. Hmm. We have these shows that that explore all the sexualities. And it's mm-hmm. not that, it's just not an issue anymore. And I hope it's that... It's Creek. We have yeah. Shit's Creek now. Yeah. That we have, you know, without Will and Grace, Shit's Creek could not have happened. No. It just wouldn't have. And, and it would not have happened, I think, at the epic level that it ended up happening if we didn't no, already have the work put... swept the Emmys. Up, right? I mean, it swept the Emmys, you know. Will and Grace allowed this to happen. And yes, there were shows before that helped get to the Will and Grace part. I, there always is. Someone's got to be first. Yeah. Next can... Next can and, it's, and it's like they always say, they're standing on that other person's shoulders to yes. get that next, you know. And so people, you know... Take, you know, keep, keep take that in from, mind. Take what, you, yeah. take what you want from it, build on it, make it better. Don't shit on it. I'm not saying you have to love the show, but exactly, don't shit on it. Don't shit on it. It was, it was kind of my, it, it was a personal savior for me for a lot of years, and I really appreciated it. I have I to have my soapbox. That. Usually you're the soapbox. I, I am, but usually, but you I, know what? I, I appreciate that we can share in that dichotomy. Yeah, um, so it, it happens occasionally. So It does. Don't get used to it. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, I, no I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm too much of a gentleman to let that fucking happen. So it works. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway, that was my, that was my queer corner this time. So I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I love that a lot. I get a little serious sometimes in the queer corner, but I also I think it's important to have these questions answered. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I think having the questions answered and sharing a little bit of what's going on in our current media such as with Will and Grace is, is good. So that's what we bring Quick Corner. Quick Corner, baby! Yeah, still no music for that, huh? Okay, just curious. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. 
You know, there's this thing called the internet, which you might be able to find music. That yeah, actually, um, I contacted all of the, I recontacted all the, the people that that we use their music uh, uh, for the production of the show, including the intro for the show. And uh, they gave me permission and I, you know, I list them in the, in the credits. I think it's important to give credit where credit is due. Even if I'm only using, you know, a few seconds of it and revamping it. I think it's important to give credit where credit is due. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So, uh, yes. I think this was a good show. I think we, I think we did a good job on this one, Holly. Yeah. But I think it's time. I think it's time we, we end this show to leave people wanting more. Until next week. But in all Love seriousness, you. thank you so much for listening to our show. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you so much for leaving a rate and a review. Uh, contact please us and rate and reviews, please. Please do. And thank you so much again for being here. Until next week, be well. And I love you all. And when the when people make sure to leave reviews, I'll do a shout out for you on our podcast. <gasps> are you gonna? That's why Tanya got one last time. Will you sing the shout outs, or will you just be like, "What's up?" No, I want out? people to. I want people to still listen to us. I won't sing. I, I won't know. sing. Don't ask. Okay, who wants to hear Gary sing your name? I'm just saying. I'm going to put my vote in. Gary, I want you to sing my name. Okay, this is getting awkward. I'm going to let this go. Love you guys. Love Bye. you guys. Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at Conundrum at Conundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.